Hi, it's Terry McDougall with another episode of Winning the Game of Work. And I've got a bit of a rhetorical question for you. What is more important when you think of body parts, an eye or a hand? Okay, how about a tongue or a foot? My guess is that none of us would willingly give up any of those parts because can you imagine trying to eat a bowl of soup without a hand or without an eye or without a tongue? Wouldn't work very well. And I know this might be a little bit weird, but it does relate to our topic today because we're going to be talking about the five voices. This is a way of thinking about how people process and experience the world. And all of us are different. And usually when we have conflicts on a team or in a family or any group, it's because one of us is an eye and one of us is a hand. And if I'm an eye and I'm doing the things the way that an eye would do them, clearly that's different than the way a hand would do things, right? I mean, they don't even serve the same function. But when we're all part of one body and we're working together, we can appreciate the differences and it actually makes us stronger overall. And when we can start to look at differences that way on teams and in the workplace, appreciating what's special about us, starting to become aware of our own blind spots, but also appreciating what's different and special about other people, that's when we can tap into the full potential of teams. We all have the tendency to think that everybody should act in the same way that we would act, and that never happens. So anyway, super valuable in the workplace. And if you want to take the assessment to learn what your voice order is, go to coachterry.giantos.com forward slash store and scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on that link to take the free five voices assessment. And now let's play to win. This is Winning the Game of Work, a podcast that helps you have the happy and successful career you've dreamed of. Because being smart and hardworking just aren't enough in today's competitive workplace. I'm your host, Terry McDougall, an experienced executive coach who will teach you all the right moves so you can win the game of work. Hey everybody, it's Coach Terry, and this is another episode of Winning the Game of Work. Today I'm going to talk about the fact that everybody has a voice, but not everybody's voice is heard. And I'm also going to talk about the fact that when you know yourself better, you can lead yourself better. And when you can lead yourself, you can then effectively lead others. So I'm going to talk about something called the five voices, and this is a way of looking at the world, looking at ourselves, and understanding how we each experience the world. And at the foundation of this is an assessment called the five voices. Please go to the show notes, and there's a link there where you can go to a storefront for my business. And you can take the five voices assessment for free. But when I learned about this, it blew my mind because it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle. Like each of us is walking around just experiencing the world the way that we experience it. And a lot of times when we have conflict, it's because we're looking at other people and saying, well, I would do this. Why are they not doing that? 
it can be very confusing sometimes when we think people should be doing a particular thing, but they're not. But there's a reason why, because we all are made differently. We all experience the world differently. And the five voices, I would consider it sort of a lens to be able to understand ourselves and other people more clearly. So I'm going to give you a high-level overview of the five voices, and then I'll do a little bit of a dive into each of them. And on future episodes, I'll do a deeper dive into these because this is something that I could run a multiple-day workshop on. And I actually have run workshops on this, and it's super helpful in helping teams get along. But I've actually used it with my family even because even when we know people really well, we can still have that sort of blind spot and think that others close to us experience the world the same way we do and need the same things. So the five voices, they are nurturer. Nurturers are champions of people, relational harmony, and values. Then there's the creative. They are champions of future ideas, innovation, and organizational integrity. Then you have the guardian. They are champions of due diligence, resources, and efficient systems and processes. Then you've got the connector. The connector is the champion of relational networks, collaboration, and effective communication. Finally, we have the pioneer. The pioneer is the champion of strategic vision. They are very results-focused and great at problem-solving. Oh, and by the way, I want to mention that all of us have all five voices, but we have them in different orders. For example, my order is connector, creative, pioneer, nurturer, guardian. And so my first, second, and even third voices are voices that are pretty accessible to me. But the fourth and fifth voices can be a little bit harder to access. So for example, as a connector, if I'm talking with the guardian, which is my last voice, we might not be seeing eye to eye. So we may need to try a little harder to understand each other. But I'll go into that more as I go through the details of each of the voices. So I'm going to do more of a deep dive into each one of these. So the nurturer is the first voice that I talked about. And actually, 43% of the population has nurturer as their first voice. So it's by far the majority of people in the world. So nurturers are the champions of people, relational harmony, and values. And here I'm going to describe how they experience the world. They intuitively feel how an organization will react to a new idea. They defend values. People will always come before profit. They function as the relational oil inside teams and organizations. They are pragmatic realists who will ask, has this really been thought through? They take genuine delight in celebrating the achievements of others. And they're natural team players. They can become overly resistant to change and demonstrate passive-aggressive tendencies, and they rarely value the contributions that they themselves make. So one of the things to watch out for with nurturers is that they actually have a fear of conflict, and they often won't speak out. So beware of silence. You may want to check in if they're just quiet. And they actually can be empowered by letting them speak first and affirming their competence and the genuine value of their contribution to the firm. 
they tend to be pretty quiet. So like I said, if they're silent, encourage them to speak up and let them have the first word. So the second voice is the creative. And the creative is only 9% of the population. So it's actually the second rarest voice. So creatives are the champions of future ideas, innovation, and organizational integrity. Here's how creatives experience the world. They are the conceptual architects, and they love to think outside the box. They function as the early warning radar system for teams, often seeing the opportunities and dangers long before everyone else. They're never satisfied with the status quo. They inherently believe things can always be better. If the vision is compelling, the word can't is not in their vocabulary. They're basically driven by their imagination. They often struggle with the fact that people never seem to fully understand their ideas. They exhibit a strong social conscience and desire for personal and organizational integrity. Being internal perfectionists, they can often fail to celebrate the 90% that has been achieved, focusing instead on the 10% that hasn't. Here's what to watch out for with creatives. They can struggle to communicate effectively and have an idealistic, perfectionistic tendency. So here's how you can empower them. Don't judge them on what they say first. Help them to communicate their ideas and let them know it's okay to be wrong sometimes. The thing about creatives is that they can see so far into the future, even around corners, that when they are trying to communicate, others often, especially people that are more present-oriented, they're very future-oriented, People who are very present-oriented are not going to, to have the vision or the imagination necessarily to understand what they're saying. And a lot of times, maybe they're trying to describe kind of a, a foggy vision in their head. But don't discount that because these are the people that are going to help keep your organization innovative and moving forward. They sometimes also have kind of a quiet voice. So you may want to either encourage them to speak up or just be patient as they're formulating or expressing their ideas because you might not understand what they're talking about right off the bat. So the next voice that we're going to talk about are the guardians. So guardians make up about 30% of the population. They're the champions of due diligence, resources, and efficient systems and processes. What you need to watch out for with guardians is that they're risk averse. They want to keep everybody safe. They can sometimes be negative and they can bring excessive critique. But understand that it's coming from a place of caring. They want to keep everyone safe. And they kind of have this attitude, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Now, guardians will speak up. They're not quite as loud as the last two voices we're going to touch on. But guardians will speak up because they're very driven to keep the organization safe. They feel like that's their duty to guard. Here's how you can empower them. Welcome their challenging critique and commitment to due diligence. Just recognize that they're going to ask a lot of questions and just be patient as you answer them. Once they know everything they need to know and they feel assured that the situation is safe and they've been heard, they'll get on board. Now, the next voice that we're going to talk about is the connector. Connectors make up about 11% of the population, and they're the champion of relational networks collaboration, and effective communication. They are persuasive and inspirational communicators, rallying people to causes and things that they believe in. 
they're incredibly resourceful. Whatever we need, I can get it or I have a source. They're, they're the original, I got a guy kind of people. They have the capacity to maintain a large number of relationships. They know how to connect with people and their aspirations. They do need appreciation and credit for making key connections. They'll ask, you know, are you aware of what I've done? They want to get credit for making the connections. Their people-pleasing tendencies mean that they often struggle to bring effective challenge. They often struggle to hear or engage fully with critical feedback. So here are the things to watch out for with connectors. Connectors always interpret challenges of their ideas as personal because they care. They really want to make things better and sometimes can appear to be maybe overly enthusiastic, maybe a little slick. Sometimes people can be a little skeptical, but the reality is connectors really do care. And sometimes their overenthusiasm actually can be their worst enemy. But to empower them, give them time to share their ideas and passions and appreciate what they're sharing before you critique. And in terms of their voice volume, connectors are usually very extroverted and they are so excited about their ideas that they will be heard. They usually will speak up without much encouragement. You might even have to tell them to be quiet sometimes. So pioneers, pioneers are actually the rarest of voices. They make up only 7% of the population. They're the champions of strategic vision. They're very results focused and they're great at problem solving. And it's probably a good thing that pioneers are the rarest voice because they're the most vocal of all of the voices as well. They tend to be very driven, very competitive, and they tend to rise to leadership roles. And so the world might be a little chaotic place if we were all made up of pioneers. So they approach life with an anything is possible attitude. Visioning and shaping a scalable future is always their highest priority. Their strategic military thinking makes them incredibly effective at aligning people, systems, and resources. Winning is a massive driver. They hate to give up, and will drive their team long after others would have given up. They're powerful communicators using logic and rationality to provide an attractive and compelling vision of the future. Now, the immature pioneer can often appear very arrogant with a me-focused agenda. They quickly dismiss the contributions of those they don't believe to be competent or experienced. So with pioneers, watch out for the fact that they sometimes can lack sensitivity, especially, like I said, immature pioneers. They can sometimes be unwilling to listen because they believe in their vision and their drive so much that they just want to get on with it. And they can sometimes be perceived as arrogant. So empowering them is usually not a problem. Don't worry, they empower themselves just from their competence. That can be a real trigger if they believe that their competence is doubted. So one thing I didn't touch on much, but I do want to address is this idea of 
present-oriented voices and future-oriented voices. So we've got three future-oriented voices. They are the pioneer, the connector, and the creative. These are people that are very focused on what can happen, what can we make happen, what can we envision, and they truly believe that their visions are possible. And then we have two present-oriented voices. They are the nurturer and the guardian. And with the nurture and guardian, they're really paying attention to what's going on right now. The guardians are really concerned with framework and processes and rules. The nurturers are very focused on people and the organization as a whole. And as you can imagine, having a diverse team of people that combines some of all of these voice orders is, is going to make your organization stronger. And I would also say that if there are people that you work with or people in your family that you tend to get into loggerheads with, it's usually because you have very different voice orders. And I'll just give an example. One of my sons has the first voice as guardian, and that's my last voice in my voice order whereas my first voice is connector. And I used to get really frustrated because he and I would bump heads a lot around, he would be very precise and technical about the rules, wanting to know the rules. And my approach was, you know, I'm a connector creative pioneer, which are all future-oriented voices, all very visionary. And I'd want to be just getting started on making something happen and want to figure it out along the way whereas he didn't want to start until he understood all the rules. So nothing wrong with either one of these approaches. It's just that there's a lot of room for conflict if there's very different needs between you and other people that you're working with. Finally, before I close out this episode, I want to touch on a few more things to keep in mind for each one of the voice orders. Leadership insights for the nurturer. So just remember that when you speak, you're representing 43% of people. Your views and opinions truly matter. So when you feel like not speaking up because maybe some of the louder voices are drowning you out, hold your ground and speak up. People do see you as a highly skilled professional, and it's time that you started believing in that. People choose you to lead because they believe in you. Act knowing that you belong. Learn to challenge the views of other voices on your team when you believe that they are wrong. Embrace change and help lead it. Don't be passive and function as a victim of it. People trust your judgment and genuinely want to hear your opinion. Use that as a springboard for influence and you can speak the truth kindly. When people challenge your views and opinions, they're trying to help. It's not a personal attack. And just recognize that pioneers, which is what we call your nemesis voice, are not as insensitive and arrogant as it may seem. They just see the world very different to the way that you do. So some leadership insights for the creatives. Learn to celebrate the win, even if the result wasn't quite as perfect as you saw it in your mind. When members of your team critique your vision and ask for details, they're genuinely trying to help. And also remember that they probably don't have that future vision in the same way that you do. Don't play safe. Give yourself permission to think outside the box. It's also okay to be wrong sometimes. It comes with the territory of creativity and imagination. What you see as an imminent opportunity or threat 
may actually be a little further away than you may think. Financial realities are important. Good enough may just have to be good enough sometimes. People are not deliberately ignoring your ideas. It's just really hard for other voice orders to hear and truly understand a creative. You've got vision that most people don't have. So appreciate that. And you don't have to prove your worth to teammates. You are worthy. Relax and trust your unique contribution. So the leadership insights for a guardian, how you communicate is important. So check your volume and check your sensitivity. It's possible for you to be right and wrong at the same time. So you might see something, but maybe the way you say it is not going to land positively with some of the people around you. So just watch out for that. Learn to value the future-oriented voices. That's the creatives, the connectors, and the pioneers. They drive innovation and progress. Sometimes goalposts move on projects, and it's really not anyone's fault. Learning to compromise is a healthy part of team life. Be careful. Constantly driving yourself and your team will eventually lead to burnout and resentment. Take time to invest in your key relationships today. You are not defined by task achievement alone. Your team knows that you're confident, but do they know that you care? That's important. Networking events and social media platforms are actually not a waste of time. It's a way of connecting. And though it might not be high on your list of needs, it's probably high on the list of needs for some people on your team. So next, we're going to look at leadership insights for a connector. When people reject your idea, it's not as personal as it sometimes feels. Hinting at your frustrations with teammates does not guarantee anyone has truly heard you. People will critique your ideas. Try and avoid becoming overly defensive too soon. It's okay to be you. When you believe something passionately, never be afraid to share it. When you speak, complete your sentences and stay focused on one idea at a time. I know it can be hard, but one idea at a time. Be consistent in your external communication. Avoid the temptation to sell to individuals ahead of the meeting. Be intentional. Take time to think through how you can create a culture where other voices can bring their best. Be patient with those whose due diligence process is rigorous, painful, and time-consuming to you. These people are actually trying to keep the team and the organization safe. So finally, leadership insights for a pioneer. Beware of the intellectual superiority complex. You don't have all the best ideas. Sometimes you might actually be wrong. Take time to truly hear the views and opinions of others on the team. Beware of the power of your voice. In a moment of frustration, you can do a lot of damage to others. Most people do not have as thick of skin as you do, and you actually need them. Only 7% of people view the world the same way that you do. Remember, winning is not the driving motivation for most people. Your team knows that you're competent. They are not convinced that you know anything about them or their life outside of work. And if you invest a little time and energy into that, they may care more about what you care for. Find a nurturer and ask them to mentor you on how they see the world. It may help you identify and develop some muscles that can help you become a more mature and effective pioneer. Take some time each day to encourage someone who maybe don't feel like deserves it. If you're wrong, fight your initial instinct to justify your decision and deflect blame. You will earn respect and influence if you own up to your own mistakes. I hope as you've been listening to the description of the voices that you can relate to one or two or three of those. Again, I would encourage you to go to 
coachterry.giantos.com forward slash store to take the free five voices assessment. And like I said, you can share it with anybody, family, friends, teammates. And if you want to know more about this, reach out to me. I do a number of workshops. There's also a book called The Five Voices that you can do. And at my store, there's also a leadership development program called Altitude Training that you can take. So check it out. There's a lot more about the five voices there and many more super effective and valuable tools that I use with my executive coaching clients every day. I hope you found this helpful. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Winning the Game of Work. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, share, and subscribe. If you'd like to get in touch, go to the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. And now get out there and start winning the game of work. I'm cheering you on.